Hey everybody, it's Dave here, Darren over there, and he's not in his normal Y'all Knife Canada today. So, that's why we got to deal with the light issues that are coming in that way, but that's not what we're here for. We're here for to talk about what's wrong with Kirk Cousins. Is there anything wrong with Kirk Cousins? Boy, did it fire up some folks on the internet. Twitter, Facebook, Daily Norseman, they're all riled up that I would dare ask the question, what's wrong with Kirk Cousins? Is he a different player under Kevin O'Connell? Then we'll get into our quick hit segments. We've got a couple of them this week. Both, you've probably heard about it, but we want to emphasize that with Lewisine and Dalvin Tomlinson. Then we'll finish up the show with the preview, the in-depth look at Minnesota Vikings hosting the Chicago Bears next on Two Old Blocks. Climb in the pocket, Baby Norseman and Lake Monster Brewing presents Two Old Bloggers. Hey everybody, it's Dave here, Darren over there. How you doing today, Darren, and why aren't you in Yellowknife? Went down to Al- Alberta, David, for it's a ca- Canadian Thanksgiving weekend, uh, a whole month and a bit more earlier than uh, uh, U.S. Thanksgiving, and uh, down to see uh, family and in-laws in northern Alberta for the weekend, so mm-hmm. doing it remotely in a, in a camper. Sorry for oh, all the lighting issues. In a camper, well, yeah. looks like a good a camper by a home, by a house. <laughs> not nothing wrong I'm, with I'm that. Not, yeah. Afternoon, Lauren. Hey, Lauren. Thanks for joining along. I know it's uh, we're everybody's knee deep into like uh, college football afternoon games right, right. now. So it's, they got uh, the Red River yeah. Showdown here, which has got everybody in Austin all tied in a tizzy as they play Oklahoma up in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl. They must be quite quite pleased with how the, the game's going so far so far but yeah uh, well, pitching I, a shutout the last i saw yeah well that's because oklahoma isn't doing as well as buddy of ours uh ryan ortega would hope this season but hey it is what it is now last week we teased what's wrong with justin jefferson right and we pointed out that he had some tells Darius Slay had pointed out he has some tells. He needed to fix that. This week, we're going along with the same thing. What's wrong with Kirk Cousins? But rather than tease it and wait it till the very end of the show, we're going to talk about it relatively in the beginning. And Ty, nothing's wrong with 3-1. and one. I love 3-1. and one. I wish it was 4-0. Oh, that would have been better. But 3-1, and one, there's nothing wrong with 3-1. and one. But we're, what we're going to get into on this is not just that we're three and one, and that is a good thing, people. I am not discounting that one little bit. We want to be three and one. We'd prefer to be four and oh, but three and one will work. So, but the topic is what's wrong with Kirk Cousins? Because there is something new to this season that we haven't seen before. And we've seen some production drops from Kirk Cousins. We've seen some good things. Hey, we get into the two two games, four-quarter comebacks, but we've seen some production drops. And on Twitter, 
got into it with, well, it's a new, it's a new scheme, a new head coach, a new offensive coordinator. Kirk Cousins has dealt with that for the last five years. He was signed by the Vikings in 2008, came to the Vikings. He had a great season stats-wise. His production was up with a new team, a new head coach, a new OC. Same sort of circumstances, but this year is different. His production, and we'll get into it, is down. But yet we're winning more. That's a good thing. Now on to theme one. Kirk Cousins himself. <laughs> yes. David, you already got into it a bit there. You're, again, Vikings are 3-1. and That's that's great. Uh, mm-hmm. First in the NFC North, that's great. But... Um, I guess what I'm bringing up, what I wanted to talk about is like how much is Kirk Cousins responsible for us being three and one, uh, you know, to, to a large degree uh, or to some degree, it, uh, he is responsible for it and has been uh, helpful. Uh, you mentioned the two fourth quarter comebacks that he's led. And that's something that I think that Cousins isn't in some circles is probably isn't getting enough credit for the past year and a bit because last year he did a lot of that as well he kind of went against the old Kirk Cousins can't uh, you know pull off a late game come from behind when when we need it he did that a lot last year the problem was as we know the defense couldn't hold up its end of the bargain and blew the games that he brought us back in those last few minutes Mm -hmm. yeah and had us in a position to win He's done that again twice the, the, this year. The season opener wasn't required. The next game against Philly, uh, we didn't play very well. Cousins didn't play very well. We didn't get a chance to, to be in a position. But this year, so he's got those two fourth quarter uh, victory uh, comeback he's, he's led to. He's also did very well in 2021 with that. You have to bring that up and acknowledge that, that Kirk Cousins is, you know, maybe he's kind of, turning into a bit of a clutch quarterback in a way, if, if such a thing exists, but, uh, but, uh, with, when Kevin O'Connell was named head coach, David, uh, the, you know, one of the things, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, maybe like Viking fans were expecting or hoping was that, okay, he is working with, Kevin O'Connell is here. He's bringing in uh, an offensive system, the Sh- uh, Sean McVay influenced offensive system. And can he coax um, uh, Kirk Cousins to play at a higher level than he has so far in his career? And right now, in four games, we have not seen that effect yet. Uh, Kirk's uh, QBR rating is at uh, 46.2, that's 20th in the league. Uh, his his uh, passer rating, the traditional passer rating, is also 20th in the league. We all got it up there. 12th in passing yards, 20th in completion percentage, which is very, very low for Kirk Cousins compared to what he's done in his previous four seasons with the Vikings. 10th uh, in TD passes, uh, he's tied with six other QBs for sixth in interceptions with four and as football fans know, being high, uh, being up high in the interceptions uh, amongst the league QBs is not a good thing. DVOA, DVOO is 17th overall. Pro football focuses offensive grade 72.9. 
down there again, 11th overall. So a lot of those stats are telling us that so far this year, in four games, small sample size still, but Kirk Cousins has been, you know, a bit above average or about an average quarterback through four games. That is not what we were expecting. Uh, Again, with Kevin O'Connell coming in, the offensive mind, the new system that was going to unlock Kirk Cousins' uh, quarterback powers. Uh, We aren't seeing that. To be fair, uh, again, David, is that, uh, like you said, it's a new system. He's got new coaching staff. Uh, The Vikings, as an offense as a whole, haven't really been clicking. Uh, like we like we feel that they should, and O'Connell and Kirk Cousins have both said themselves that we're not where we need to be. Uh, there's a lot of work to do. So overall, the offense, not just Kirk Cousins, but the whole offense, has not been functioning. I think hasn't been clicking like we expect them to. But um, you know, we I feel that the, the, they need to be doing that. And David, I think you're going to jump in here with this graphic oh, yeah. and talk a bit about that as well. Well, my question is, are we starting to see the beginning of Kirk Kirk Cousins' decline, right? I went back and I looked at some analytics. This comes from Advanced Football Analytics, and it was done, believe it or not, the research was done in 2008, okay? Now, you can take Mm -hmm. since then, people have been spoiled by – the mushroom eating Aaron Rodgers or whatever he's doing and the uh, um, avocado eating Tom Brady to extend life and have good playoff careers. But before that, the normal range of a starting quarterback to decline, and this is measured by approximate yards per play, you can see the curve, right? They are at their peak around that 28, 29, 30-year mark, and then they start to go down. We all know Kirk Cousins 34 years old, right? Are we starting, my question is, are we starting to see a decline in him? And people are asking, well, Dave, you're using yards per um, attempt. Well, his dot from PFF is what I sent you earlier, is down this year. That's the yards per throw, the distance on uh, distance of throw is way down this year, right? It's come up in the last game, but it's still below his average. His average is 8.8. Last game was 8.7, highest of the season. He's been in the sixes, right? And I think he was in the five for one of those games. My question is, is he declining? We've seen it before. It is unusual for a quarterback to stay healthy and strong and be able to do what he does late in his career. There are exceptions. There are late bloomers that we know of, right, Um, that have won Super Bowls. There are obviously Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers that are doing it into their 40s, which is amazing. But the average, looking at the league, over the history of the league, starts to decline. Once you get over that 30 hump, even for quarterbacks, they start to decline a little bit. My question is, are we seeing it? We are definitely seeing it with this guy, right? Oh, yeah. And he's younger. 
than Kirk Cousins, believe it or not. Russell Wilson. Not by much. Not by much, but he's half a year, a year younger than Kirk Cousins. And you watch that game on Thursday night or any of the ones prior this season. He looks bad, right? He doesn't look like he has it anymore. Well, that fits into the normal human body quarterback in the NFL, takes abuse, right? Throws a lot, all that run, in case of Russell, the ability to run, and they go out. If I remember correctly, it was Dan Marino went out about mid-30s as well, right? That's a normal deal. Kirk Cousins, like I said, is 34. We may be seeing a decline in his physical skills. Now, can he still throw a beautiful long ball? Absolutely. Uh, Can he still hit just about every throw in the yard? Absolutely. But he's missed on some. He sailed them. He hasn't thrown them short. Like, take Donovan McNabb for another one that reached that mid-30s range, and then he was just torpedoing footballs all day long. Right. There is it's something I want to point out that we if this continues, we need to keep watching because it could be that it is the start of that. He's sliding down that hill. We won't know. Now, the good thing about Kirk Cousins so far is the fact he has come back. He has done what it takes to win that first drive even for the last few years, it's been a thing of beauty, right? And then he goes down into whatever slump. It's like a roller coaster. He goes up. We get to the top. It's great. Down we go. And then the rest of the game, we're fighting to get back up. And in the last two games, he's come back up and he's got us to win. The question is, can he keep that up? Which I think he can. I think that comes partially with maturity. What he's seen, all the miles, all the reps. That's getting better because we need that to win. Yes. Um, But my question is, does the physical decline, are we starting to see that? And and I'm just pointing it out for folks to watch. You know, we get the, hey, you guys always complained that we brought up all those beautiful stats. And then uh, now that he's not making those stats, you're complaining. But we're winning. And I always said, yeah, but QB wins was a deal. And you were telling me, no, it's a team stat. No, a lot of it is the QB. And I do like the fact that he is winning. We need to win. That's the good deal. But I just want to keep you an eye on, is he declining? You know, we used to say, hey, when that report came out, they were debating whether Tom Brady was was washed at that point. And we know Aaron Rodgers was debated whether he was washed. And they drafted Jordan Love. And then Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers went on to win MVP. It's those sort of things makes you think and go, hmm. Now, we'll continue. Can, you know, we watched Kirk Cousins do a little check down stuff in Philly. And we got smoked in Philly. However, we had opportunities to make that game. But we can did. we continue from there? Well, I, going back to 
what we were talking about a little bit earlier, David, is that, mm-hmm. uh, I, again, I feel that Kirk hasn't looked comfortable in the offense yet, I don't think. Uh, very few of the Vikings have other than Justin Jefferson, and then he had a two-game stretch where uh, <laughs> he was having his problems too. So uh, I think there, uh, you know, it makes sense to me that as the season goes on and and the whole offense gets used to it, it's uh, better execution of what they're doing, a uh, better idea of what they're doing. Uh, again, uh, and like you said, because they, the starters didn't play at all during the preseason other than Ed Ingram, um, you know, that the first few games were really their preseason in a lot of ways, only it was the regular season and it mattered. So uh, I, I, I do have hopes that the offense will get better execution will be better uh the uh, the talent is there i think i haven't seen anything obvious physically from kirk that suggests that he's declining but that the decline could be gradual and and Mm -hmm. not really evident to the naked eye in a lot of cases too Uh, i think he has missed on some easy throws in quotation marks that he usually makes the sleep at least what i've seen him making a sleep in the past four years um but uh this isn't so much about uh, um I think, uh, you know, the debate, the, the concern for me right now with Kirk's level of play isn't that he's been terrible. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that uh, when we get our, if you look at the Vikings schedule this year, the way things are playing out right now, it's not that tough of a schedule. Uh, like, but, but we've, we've got, got like a two game stretch there where we play the, 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 the Bills. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but we, we got a two-game stretch where we got the Bills on the road, and then we play the Cowboys at home. And the Cowboys have got some fl- flaws too, but they might have Dak Prescott back by then. Uh, but anyway, uh, not that Cooper those two Rush games isn't begging against two you know, teams that winning. No, that that's right. But those are two games where the, the, I think the opponents are are pretty tough, uh, and you've got the other some of the other games. Those games, and in the playoffs, assuming the Vikings make the playoffs, you're gonna, you're going to have to beat teams like San Francisco, looks like Philly, the Rams, Tampa Bay, and you, I think in those games against better teams with better defenses, uh, you. You need Kirk Cousins to be playing at a higher level than he's playing right now if the Vikings are going to stick in those games and win them. And I think right now with the way he's playing where it's uneven, he'll have a good drive and then he'll have three drives where he doesn't look good. Uh, that's just not going to be good enough to get to the Super Bowl or even the NFC Championship game. And really, that's what we want to see. And that's what we're kind of expecting to see now that uh, again, he's in an offense that's supposed to, he's got a coach who likes him that he can work with. And he's in an offense that should be catering to his strengths and that should be functioning at a higher level than what we've seen the previous two years. And the whole thing about how you got a nice graphic up there, the whole thing about how Kevin O'Connell coming over was going to somehow magically, uh, you know, turn, uh, Kirk Cousins into a Superman version of himself when he's had a very consistent track record of stats throughout his seven seasons as a starter that just hasn't materialized yet. And I wonder if it will materialize yet, but again, he's not comfortable in the system yet. Uh, I feel that there is still hope that he can play at a higher level than he's playing now. And I think he has to, to get us where we need to be. Uh, But, and it's, it's kind of a wait and see moment right now, but we haven't seen the huge jump or I should, we haven't seen a jump in his level of play that maybe we were hoping to see i don't know if we were all expecting to see it but we were hoping to see it and we haven't and we haven't we haven't seen it yet and and i think we need that like we like i said a few minutes ago if we're going to beat 
a team like the 49ers on the road in an NFC championship game with the kind of defense that they have. You need a quarterback who's going to make those big time plays consistently and not get scared and revert to check down Kirk. Uh, That kind of quarterback is going to lead to a 20-point loss against the 49ers in a playoff game. Mm -hmm. We need something better than that. And right now, we haven't been seeing it yet. Well, and I'm hoping it is just all this transition, learning the new stuff, learning how we've already started to see how they're building on some of their plays, how things are fitting in. And even Kirk himself has admitted, I made the wrong read here. I should have gone this way. I should have done that or look for this or look for that. And he's being open about it, which is nice and refreshing because Kirk a lot of times wasn't. And as long as they keep improving, that is the big deal. Um, (laughs) Thomas, Winning ball games is what it is all about. I agree. It's winning. That's some of the heartburn we had over the last few years. It's about winning. But what we're talking about is there's a noticeable decline in what we've seen in the first four games. Is that a matter of just transitioning, learning the new stuff? or And can we expect him to step up to his 5,000 yards 30 touchdowns, yada, yada. Or should we expect the, like you said, the intermediate stuff where he comes in, starts great, goes down, you know, for a few stuff, for a few plays, and then gets good. And then, and he does the roller coaster thing we're all used to. It's because there's a lot of people, a lot of young people this last week, they're talking about heart attack. I want to see, it was almost implied that under this new O'Connell pass-heavy offense that we'd see more production. I'm hoping this is just, you know, that learning curve and they get over it and we do see that. I I think Kirk can do that. And take that, throw in the, the comeback ability, the clutch ability that he suddenly grown a pair, we can go a long way, but we've got to see it. What I'm saying is we're seeing things that are throwing up warning signs. We just want to keep watching. But hopefully it all works out for the great. And we win 13-plus games, win the NFC, get the bye, go on to the Super Bowl. And by the time we reach those teams that we talked about, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, Rams, 49ers, not that I think the Rams are going to be there. They're stumbling this year. But the 49ers, you know, and the playoffs, that we're cooking on all cylinders and we can keep up with them. And it's not like week two against Philadelphia where uh, the whole team stumbled, both on offense and on defense. That's and I can under just as a final thought, David. I can I can understand what Thomas is getting at there and saying, you know, how you know again, you're three and one. What's the big deal? Why are you concerned? And and uh, again, three and one is great. Uh, I don't think I'm whining, uh, but I'm just saying that uh, I think that the level of play that the offense and Kirk are exhibiting right now is not going to be good enough to get us those wins when we play the real good teams 
in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You need something better than what we're seeing now. And uh, and uh, I, and so far, we haven't seen it. We may see it. Uh, I hope we see it. But right now, the O'Connell factor has not shown up. And and I don't think that you know maybe it like people a lot of fans were like we want to see this starting from the get-go like from game one not game eight game right. one <laughs> right like uh you had all off season and training camp and to work on these things so uh you know why aren't you executing to the best of your ability now or is this offense just going to be like this the whole year uh still an open question i think and thomas i'm not whining i'm just pointing out that production is done that's all that's a true statement. Yes, we're winning. That's great. I love it. I want to keep that going. So on to theme two. Yes, Lauren, I agree with you. Thank you. Theme two, we are going into our uh, quick hitters. First one was uh, Lewis Seen. Unfortunately, we all watched him go off on the cart last week. Never a good sign. And if uh, and if you got to watch uh, the stuff on YouTube, hey, Niners Sickness Podcast. We don't we don't play the Niners uh, this week, but uh, happy Not to have you week, along. Beto, but probably in the playoffs. Yeah, maybe. We just talked about that. Probably later, but yeah, uh, if you, if anybody got to see the uh, YouTube clips of the injury later on, uh, you could see that was seen uh, suffered a pretty gruesome broken leg injury last Sunday against the Saints. I um, saw a couple pictures like, of it. I didn't read really bad um, YouTube clips. It was the leg yeah. is not intended to bend in that direction at that many degrees at that location on his leg. Trust me. You don't want to see it. Yeah, I think that you summed it up quite nicely, David. Uh, so just take our word for it. It was gruesome, and uh, and you know that that's uh, it, it was that's the ending of uh, a very uh, that ends that scene's done for the year, obviously, and uh, it's it's a rookie year for him that never really got off the ground. Uh, David, unfortunately, you know, he, again, he got picked last pick in the first round. The Vikings traded down to get him and with Detroit. Um, but it was even, they, they traded him and he was from that great Georgia defense, you know, a key player in that great historic Georgia university of Georgia defense that won the national championship last year. Uh, the expectation was from the get-go that he would be the starter opposite Harrison Smith, but he couldn't beat out Cameron Bynum in the training camp or during preseason ended up that he he was missed he missed the first game due to a knee injury and in two plus games he only played two defensive snaps uh mm-hmm. maybe he would have got more last game because he was in early in the game for one snap but that you know two defensive snaps in two plus games that's what we ended up getting for lewis scene uh so uh, a disappointing rookie year for him um but we again uh, we learned since then of course that he had a compound year. fracture yeah 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 and that that didn't come to pass early in the season and i don't know if ed donatel was planning on working more of that into the vikings defensive packages but we hadn't seen it yet uh but 
compound fracture, David, uh, I'm not a doctor, but I did look it up. And that means that uh, where the break occurred, uh, it was a, the breaking of the skin or so the bone went through the skin. Uh, that's a very, very serious break. Alex Smith, the guy pictured here, had a similar injury. I think his was Again, not a doctor, but I think his was even worse than Steen's. He almost had his leg amputated, I believe. Right. Uh, and uh, But he managed to come back and play. But uh, with a compound fracture, that does bring up the discussion of, like, Lewisine, what does – we know this year is done, but what does that mean for him next year and for his NFL career? Uh, because it, it's, it's a type of injury that can be career-threatening. Uh, today, the, the medical technology and the rehabilitation – that's uh, that's it, the way it's advanced, David. Uh, it seems like athletes can come back from almost any injury that they suffer, no matter how severe. And Alex Smith did make it back from his compound fracture and played, but he was never the same when he came back. And he, you know, and then he retired quickly after a year. And anyway, I think he, he came back to prove he could do it. But so, question is, what is Lewisine's future? Is his future here in doubt? And for him. To get, well, suffer a compound fracture, I think is it's a big deal anyway. But mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know, for seeing, he's got um, he's a safety. He's a guy that's got to depend on his legs to make a living in the NFL. And if the compound fracture impacts his agility, his mobility, uh, his speed, that could be something that really impacts his NFL career in the future. Well, I have a picture of Matt Daniels, and, uh, and so uh, you know that's a question for me i have a picture yes. of matt daniels matt daniels in his press conference reiterated that he had the exact same injury uh where he had a compound fracture of his lower tib and fib and it took him out for over a year he did come back he only played i think one season after that um but he did get back into the game and he played before and he had a relatively short career but that he did and he can come back and he had called Lewis and said hey guy I'm there for you one I'm your coach but two I've had the exact same injury so you can recover I think that's good I think the best part of that is that he and Lewis can Matt and Lewis they are now bonded with not only, you know, Lewisine playing great on special teams, but that they're going through the same thing. I love the fact that Lewisine and Matt Daniels have had that sort of experience together and then go on. I do believe he can pull him through all those moments of, you know, hey, is my career over, blah, blah, and, you know, the down moments that come with such an injury. Yes. So um, I'm looking forward to it. And Lewis Seen was supposed to fly back today. I have not seen or heard whether he has landed. He was coming on a uh, what we used to call a medevac type airplane. It's specifically designed for those that have some sort of injury or ailment and need medical attention as they fly back. The Vikings in the NFL have taken very, very good care of him. They went to, he was taken to a private, not government-run hospital in England. It was supposedly the best hospital, absolutely, trauma center uh, with orthopedic surgeons and such to take care of him. He's supposedly received all that. 
he was going to, he is going to fly back today and at least a chunk of the team's going to meet him when he lands. So it's a good thing. But I bet one of the first guys is right there, Matt Daniels, because he's gone through this. And I think having a buddy in recovery that's been through it is going to be huge for him. I agree. I asked, what was the expectation from seeing? Well, from know, who exactly? Well, I, I read several guys in the media, not, not that they, <laughs> that mm-hmm. like uh, whether it was Kevin Seifert, Will Raggetts from Sports Illustrated, uh, and others saying that you know they expect Scene was expecting a draft uh, people following the draft, but expecting Scene would be the starter. And why mm-hmm. wouldn't you? He's your number one pick. Will Bynum, the guy that he's competing against, was a fourth round pick last year, and uh, and you know was a was a guy that was pressed into service for two games, but probably wouldn't have saw the field very much if not for injuries so uh, that was what the expectation was i think if you your first round draft pick you pick a guy in the first round you're ty you're expecting him to start like Mm -hmm. otherwise you know you don't pick him there that's where your impact players are so that's where the expectation was coming from not just from me but from others who uh follow the vikings right about them um now were the were the were the coaches expecting that um i didn't hear anybody publicly declare him as a starter when they they drafted him, but coaches wouldn't be saying that most of the time anyway, it's particularly prior to training camp because, uh, you know, that gets, uh, then you've created, uh, you're on the record uh, saying that this guy's a starter and you haven't even really started the competition yet. That's not something coaches usually plan on doing is tipping their hand uh, right. about who's going to start and trying to, and eliminating a competition before it even happens. So that brings us to our next quick hitter, Dalvin Tomlinson. Yes, DT, David. Um, mm-hmm. We know that the Vikings defense has given up a lot of yards, um, both uh, this season. They haven't been as, uh, they haven't given up a ton of points yet, but they've given up a lot of yards. They've been kind of infuriating for fans who are expecting a stouter defense we have not seen we haven't seen that yet but i don't you can't blame dalvin tomlins for that for that you know i don't think david because he is by all accounts having an an excellent season so far and i wanted to highlight him um when in the off season i think the you know a lot of the talk excuse me from myself from you from other people who were following the vikings was what was the impact that darius smith was going to have harrison smith what was his harrison phillips what was his impact going to be on this new 3-4 defense uh, a healthy daniel hunter well you know how is he going to be impact that whole thing didn't hear a whole lot of talk about dalvin tomlinson but through four games he uh, you know he seems to like the eye test is i'm seeing a guy who's consistently creating a lot of pressure particularly on pass uh pass situations uh he seems to every game he seems to make like a key play last week the strip sack or of andy more. dalton mm-hmm. uh, or more uh week one he recovered had the the awareness to see the ball was on the ground when jordan hicks uh, sacked and strip sacked aaron Rodgers, and he recovered that fumble at a key time and if you don't believe me well, uh, Pro Football Focus has his defensive rating at 80.5, which is the best rating that's overall. That's the best rating on the like offense or defense right now that they have for, on the entire Vikings team. Uh, he's got the highest rating. Uh, so Dalvin Tomlinson has really been, you know, really been kicking it, uh, kicking well. And again, he's uh, on top of that. Uh, you've got. Um, 
he's also ranked as one of the top defensive linemen, David, in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus, for for defensive linemen who've played at least 50% of their defensive snaps so far. And he's ranked eighth out of 68 defensive linemen in that category. That's ahead of bigger names like Grady Jarrett, Fletcher Cox, Kenny Clark, and Cam Hayward. So, uh, you know, his defensive grades or his run defense grades aren't as, um, as high as the pass rush right now, but overall Dalvin Tomlinson, number 94 after a pretty middling, I would say, First season with the Vikings last year, 2021, where he didn't well, really he moved. seem to. He, he, he yeah. played some at the three technique, and then he moved yeah. and played some at the nose. And But I like the way he's settling in in that five, three, five technique role. And if you watch the film, watch him take you know guards and tackles and just move it up and just clog and cause all sorts of havoc. He is literally having the best season of his career. And it's wonderful to see. It is wonderful to see, and we're hoping and that G Mac. Uh, we're and uh, right now, what we need is for other guys to on the Vikings defense, the starters to play like Dalvin Tomlinson is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ty, um, you say media mercenaries had expectations throughout history of the NFL. First round draft choices are expected to start. That's why they're drafted in the first round. You don't draft first rounders to sit. Uh, back in the day, you might do that with a quarterback, but they don't even do that anymore. It's just CBS has a whole chart. I've got it somewhere where a draft choice, and it flows with the, the metrics of where you pick somebody, where what's expected of them. Right, You don't expect somebody picked on day three to be a starter. You do expect somebody picked on day one in that first round to be a starter and an impact player on your team. That day three guy may develop into that eventually, but they're not even expected to. You're lucky if you get them in special teams. right? Your day two guys are your may develop, you expect to develop into a starter. But there's a reason why they pick them that high. And it is expected that way. And it's been that way since the draft has been around, whether it be in the present form or when you go back even further and it was 12 rounds. And it wasn't like we exactly had like a, like the position opposite Hitman was, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like we had another all pro there. We had Cam Bynum Bynum there. (laughs) No, he's a guy that showed promise in his rookie year, but he's not a guy that you're like, oh yeah, he's a lock as a starter. Uh, we weren't even sure, even after two encouraging games last year, what we had with Bynum. Uh, and, you know, I felt pretty confident that uh, uh, that scene would be able to, to take him, uh, to beat him out. But he did not. Not to say he wouldn't uh, afterwards. Mm-hmm. And and I'm um, certainly, we're, David, we're both, I think everybody's expecting he'll be a key part of the Vikings defense in, in future years, starting next year, especially with Hitman being 33. But um, to, to say that uh, your first rounders are... Or like uh, you shouldn't expect them to start. I would say that's, that's bogus. <laughs> that's why you pick them there. Yep. All right. Now on to from one good thing to another. Lake Monster Brewing, and I was wondering if you brought your hat with you. Um, I didn't. No. no. <laughs> uh, Derek got his care package this week, and he's enjoying it. There's uh first things first. 
Lake Monster Brewing has partnered with Boundary Waters Wilderness to create a Legend of the BWCA Monster Contest. And you ask, Dave, what is this? What is this? you got to write a story about a, a monster, right? Some sort of tale, ex weird experiences, eyewitnesses, accounts, you know, was it Bigfoot? Was it not Bigfoot? Did you see Nelly and Loch Ness when you were visiting Scotland? Something like that. Or did you find a monster in the middle of Leech Lake, the largest leech you've ever seen, 12 foot tall, willing to suck blood out of your fishing buddy like there was nothing there? If you know that, write it down in 100 to 700 words describing it. Submit it on Lake Monster. Go to Lake Monster Brewery website. They have all the rules and regulations. But you know what's best about that? There's multiple winners. You can win free beer. We all love free beer, right? And you know what the number one winner gets? Beer for a year, baby. Who? That makes me want to write it. The only stipulation is you've got to go to the store, go to the brewery to pick it up. Well, I'm obviously in Austin, Texas. I can't drive over to River to St. Paul and pick up my case of beer or equivalent a month. Or I'd be making the greatest story you've ever seen to compete <laughs> for that. But those of you that live in that area that are within driving distance and can get to the brewery in St. Paul, and it's in. If you need the address, it's in our rollout. By all means, do it. Get that greatest story of that weird monster, that strange things, that stuff that happened, and go bump in the night, right? Because it's fun, and you could win a year supply of Lake Monster Brew. Hey, <laughs> that sounds almost like heaven to me. So, uh, yep. If you have the chance and you have the writing ability, by all means, give it a shot. Like I said, all the details are on Lake Monster Brewers Brewing website. And go check it out. It would be absolutely great. Now, what's on tap this week? You have two new ones on tap. You have Black Lotus. Remember, Gold Lotus, Golden Lotus was on tap before. Now we have Black Lotus, 7.9. Nice double IPA. Looks great. For you sour folks, we've gone from that, uh, um, what was it, um, a different fruit sour to now blackberry sour. That looks sounds outstanding. I bet it's in the dark color as well. Um, oh, the other one is right up there. It's pomegranate hibiscus. Um, lunatic uh, fresh hops is there, and I know Darren got that. He has not tried it yet, but I'm anxious to hear what he thinks about it. I'm curious on that one. The ones he's tried so far, I've already drank, and I know are outstanding. Down in the pints, they've got their regulars, Como Claw, Empty Rowboat, uh, Last Fathom, Tangerine, Hard Seltzer, and CBD Seltzer. seltzer that uh, For those that are drinking non-alcoholic, and you don't see the Oompa music, the 
Oktoberfest is sold out. You've drank it all. Good for you guys. I love it. Now, of that, you did try the empty rowboat. Did you not, Darren? I did, David, uh, and I want to thank you uh, and uh, Lake Monster Brewing and Mr. Lang for sending me, sending me the, or arranging to have the care package, which arrived yesterday. Uh, Beer, a a, a Lake Monster toque, beer cozy, as well as a a hat, which I'm not wearing, unfortunately. Uh, But yeah, I and I got the pomegranate hibiscus sour got sent to me, lunatic fresh hop got sent to me. Como Kala Pilsner, and I drank Empty Rowboat last night, which was awesome. And then I had the uh, the Def Charge Juicy IPA after that. That was That's also awesome. Yeah. That was also awesome. And uh, yeah, so, so far, two, both, both of those excellent beers. Can't wait to get into the rest when I get back to Yellowknife. So mm-hmm. thank you, thank you, Ms. Matt Lang and David for arranging That's that. Matt Lang, it's much not a, me. But... Much appreciated. All right. And also, don't forget the Monster Bash on the 29th. It starts at noon, goes to 11 p.m. Six live bands. During that time, you have also eight one-of-a-kind specialty beers. They're going to come out of their cask caves. And you have, along with the hot apple cider, which Tyler loves so much, and more. On the 29th, it's only $9. Sign up. Drink all day, enjoy the festivities. It would be a blast. The game is until the 30th. So it's a perfect event to go out with family and friends and have a great time. Whether you're outside, they do have heaters outside because I've seen on the um, other press conferences, they're in jackets. Uh, Kevin O'Connell is because it is getting a wee bit chilly. And I know this time of year, living in North Dakota, we're in October. You can get freeze. Freeze is at this time of year. So, but it's all available, all ready for you to have a great time at Lake Monster Brewing. Let uh, Try out the Monster Bash on Saturday and uh, have a great time. That brings us to theme number three. We are looking at Vikings hosting the Chicago Bears. The Bears. As usual, we start out with the injury report. Right now, Vikings have put out Ben Ellison is out. He had a soft tissue injury, is what Kevin called it, this week, and they're holding him out. Uh, Andrew Booth has gone from doubtful to questionable. That's interesting to see how he goes. It's on this quad injury, and wide receiver Jalen Naylor a hardly newer is out or is questionable as well. On the bear side, we have Dane Krugshank, what a name, is doubtful. Jalen Johnson, cornerback, their best cornerback is doubtful. And David Montgomery, their running running back, is questionable. Also, not on there, but uh, because he's already been out. But uh, Cody Whitehair, one of their starting uh, uh, offensive linemen, is on injured reserve, so he won't be playing either. Oh, yeah. And he's a key part of key part of that offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Autour talks about the NFL after that injury must move on from turf. There's a debate there, buddy. There's a debate, but. Yeah, none of us like seeing injuries. 
we get off to uh, our offense versus defensive rankings. As usual, we have it broken up to three phases. We have the PFF power rankings on top, followed by the Football Outsiders DVOA and the Elias Sports um, statistics. Those are your statistics that you see on NFL.com, ESPN, CBS. They're the general box score stuff that we've seen for forever that we get. Here, our offense. PFF has this as a power ranking of eight. They're optimistic on the Vikings. Football Outsiders has this as 13th, which dropped just a bit. I think they were 11th last week. 15th in the pass, 10th on the run. So we're above middle. Now, mind you, everyone, we want to be top five, if at all possible in this, going into the playoffs. We're not there yet, but we want to get there. Elias Sports, we have 17th in yards, 12th in passing, 22 in rushing. We could use some better rushing, but if we're doing great in passing, I'm cool. Sure. 15 in points, that's the one we really want to get up. We talked about Kirk Cousins in the first theme with our production being low. We're only scoring, what is it, 24 points a game or whatever it is. We'd like to get that up into the 35 points a game per range. Would be nice, Mm. but we'll see. And we've only taken seven sacks so far this season. Turnovers were ranked 10th with five. The the, um, the Bears, their defense by PFF is ranked 31st, as in bad. Football Outsiders looks at them a little bit better. They have them overall 15th. I don't know how, but they do. Don't know how their algorithm works. They have their pass defense being 15th. But like we said, their best cornerback is doubtful for this weekend. And they have 24th against the run. They have them 21st on yards, 4th against passing. So... Obviously, their back end's better than their front end, but we get we will get into who they played so far. Um, rushing is 26 points. They're 30th. They're 29th in sacks with four and stop that. Ecam. Um, they have a point. They have a turnover differential of zero, and they've had seven takeaways. The line is the Vikings favored by seven and a half when I did this slide. And the total for the game is 44 points. We flip it. Vikings defense. PFF has this as 22nd dropping. Uh, Football Outsiders has this 26th. 20th against pass, 27th against the run. Our run defense needs to get stouter. We know that our pass defense needs to communicate better. I think that's a work in progress. I think they will do that, and they are getting better. Um, Elias has his 27th in yards, 26th in passing, 23rd in rushing, 13 in points, right? The points is the big deal. The defense hasn't allowed anybody to score up until last week in the fourth quarter. That's the big deal that's kept us in it. 
They've gotten seven sacks. Uh, we wish that was higher. We are plus one on the differential. And uh, we are 14th with six takeaways. Bears offense ranks dead last, 32nd. On uh, PFF, Football Outsiders has them as 29th, dead last in their pass, 11th in the run. They can run. But again, we have one of their players is on the injury report in the running game. Yards, they're 31st. Passing, they're 32nd. Rushing, they're 3rd. That's where they focus. They will run the ball a lot. Our defense against the run is going to be tested this week. Sacks, they've given up 16. That's a lot. So if we need to get well game for our defense and sacks and pressures, tomorrow is that game. In turnovers, they rank 23rd. They've uh, given away seven. That's a lot, folks. When we get to special teams, special teams, uh, Vikings went up one. They're seventh. Well, Greg Joseph hit five field goals last week. That's going to move you. That'll do it. That'll do it, yeah. But our special teams is obviously our best team um, of the three phases. They're doing outstanding. Matt Daniels is doing a great job. Has them all psyched. Everybody wants to be on special teams. They have the wonderful ST hats. Um, It's a good thing. I like it. However, the Bears, football outside them, has them as eighth. So, uh, should be interesting. You know, they get a lot of work. We'll find out. Um, (laughs) Get it from you, too. Uh, And you heard Merlin. Merlin just joined me. I don't know why. Yeah. But the big deal here is Justin Fields. Is Justin Fields wasted in being in Chicago? Well, is is a is a play so far the first two years would suggest that David uh, you showed all the stats there and I think they show pretty clearly that the Chicago Bears are, are not a very good team right now uh, yet uh, the difference between them and the Vikings is is one game uh, we're three and one and they're two and two uh, but they, they aren't as good a team as as the Vikings are even though we have flaws as well and uh, and I don't expect them the, the Bears to beat us tomorrow and the main reason is because of the guy you've got pictured here Justin Fields Quarterback is the most important position in pro sports, you hear. Uh, certainly the most important position in, in the NFL football. And this guy here is uh, completing 50% of his passes, which in today's NFL is horrendous. Uh, he's uh, averaging 100 yards passing per game, uh, which might have been okay in the 1950s, but certainly is not going to fly in 2022 NFL. Um He's, uh, he's, he's, and he's also got more interceptions for than passing touchdowns uh, too. Um, so that, and the, the most, po- the most passes that the bears have thrown this year was 22. That was last week against the giants. So they're a heavy, heavy right now, run dependent team. They depend on Justin Fields on either designed or undesigned scrambles, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert to tote the rock a lot and get consistent good gains on running plays so that they don't have to throw the ball very much. Um, that's how, how they go. 
And like you said, that that is going to be a test for the Vikings defense because they have struggled to stop the run as well as stop the pass. So it's possible that the Bears could pull off this run a lot, have good success against Ed Donatel's unit, and do just enough to keep the game close and win it uh, late. Uh, but I, I just I feel I that hope the, not. the no, I hope not too. I feel that the Bears though overall they just don't uh, like that's what. Um, you know, I, I just don't feel that they have the offensive talent, even against our defense, which has been struggling to score enough to beat the Vikings in this game. And you're going to throw up some stats here right now, which kind of show the issues that the Bears are having uh, in a few areas. Yes. Um, On offense, their 48% of Chicago's possessions have not gained a first down. Worst in the league. On defense, the Bears are allowing a high 6.1 yards per carry or per play on first down, worst in the league. The Bears' defense has been fortunate enough to play Trey Lance, Davis Mills, and Daniel, Trey Lance in a monsoon, Davis Mills, yeah. and Daniel Jones, right? When they faced Aaron Rodgers, they allowed a 76% completion rate and a 9.4 yards per average. I'm betting... Tomorrow, it's just a wager. Kirk can come out hot and easily do match what Aaron Rodgers did. Mark that. Those viewers that are watching, and we appreciate you very, very much, mark that. See if Kirk Cousins matches that 76% completion and 9.4 yards per completion rate tomorrow. Because I suspect. We might just see that, or better. And David, uh, no, no surprise has already been pointed out. Like uh, with the Bears depending so heavily on the running game to provide any kind of offense that they can possibly provide, is that Ed Donatel? I feel has got to try to get all his his front seven in particular got to be nosy at the line of scrimmage, really seek to shut down the the, the Bears' rushing attack and keep them in the kind of down and distant situations that forces Justin Fields to beat them with their arm, with his, with his arm. Mm -hmm. If they can do that, I think they'll have great success. Uh, now that was what they tried to do and should have been trying to do against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. They failed miserably at it, but I don't think it's, uh, it's pretty clear that, that the bear fields and the bears are not, playing offense is not playing at the level that hurts and the Eagles are right now. No, and the bears no, also close. don't have AJ Brown to throw to Devonte Smith to throw to, or Dallas Goddard to throw to their best receiving threat right now is Darnell Mooney. And he's got eight catches in four games, eight. <laughs> you know? So I just don't feel like the bears can do enough offensively, even with our, again, with our defense that has been struggling uh, to score enough points to to beat the Vikings uh, and Ed Donatel's unit, say what you want about them, but uh, they give up a lot of yards, but they're not giving up a ton of points yet. And I don't think the Bears are the team that's going to, um, you know, reverse that trend uh, on that end. And like you said, Ed Fields has been sacked a lot. He's been sacked a lot in his rookie year too. And you kind of wonder if that is impacting him, his confidence, uh, like is he shell-shocked? at this point because he's taking so he many sacks be. under so much pressure at this point in time uh, the guy can is a great athlete and he can hurt you with his legs but uh, i uh, you know he 
he just, he isn't, his running is not offsetting his uh, deficiencies as a passer right now, not even close. Well, it makes you wonder, and this has been brought up before, when a quarterback gets drafted, or any player for that matter gets drafted, how much, how important is the team they go to, to their development? Obviously, Justin Fields goes to Chicago. Chicago was aging under the previous administration. They didn't play a game or develop him like you would want him to. And now that they're in the blow-it-up mode to a rebuild and they're letting him hang out there and not giving him so much help or improvement, if he's just – is he a wasted – you know, has his career been wasted and shot? You know, some people go, hey, he's from Ohio State. They don't generate quarterbacks. But if you hit, hook up with the right people, that may change. It's going to be interesting to see, not tomorrow, but uh, how the rest of the season for the Bears goes because I think they have uh, wasted any chance of developing him or hopefully developing in, him in a good quarterback and probably – uh, got him too shell shocked, and we'll see what happens. We'll know if he starts to get shell shocked and he starts moving things up and sees ghosts and does all the rest. But we've seen that happen to quarterbacks before because luck of the draw, they went to the wrong team. Yeah. So, but it's interesting to talk about. And For see. sure. Uh, the- NC. Uh, uh, so that's the offensive side of the thing for the Bears and what the Vikings, I think, need to do defensively to have success. Mm-hmm. Offensively, uh, Bears-wise, uh, the, the, the Bears defense so far in the four games, three of them, they've kept their opponents to 20 points or less. Uh, actually, 20 points in two games and 19 in one game. Now, so the question is, oh, they they sound like they have a pretty stout defense, but <laughs> they played the, the one game was again the mon- in the monsoon in Chicago against the 49ers with Trey Lance as a starting quarterback and one of his first starts in the NFL. And their other two games were against the offensive, offensively challenged Texans and the Giants. Uh, in the game against the, 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 that team from Wisconsin, they did not provide much resistance at all to Aaron Rodgers or the Packers. So I think that the, the Bears' defensive stats, point-wise anyway, speak to a team that's just faced some bad offensive teams in their three of their four games, as opposed to them having a really stout defense. At least that's, that's how I look at it. And the Vikings are not a bad offense. They're not elite yet. But they're not bad by any stretch, right. and and I think that this guy here, you said if he if he starts off the the game hot, uh, mm-hmm. with with the offensive weapons that we have, I think we can do more than enough offensively to to score enough points that the Bears don't really have a shot of hanging with us. And the offense, despite the the problems that we've that they've had and we pointed out have scored 28 points the last two weeks so that you know that's that's pretty good even with them not really clicking right now um one of the things that also was noticeable in the giants game last week david is that uh like like the giants have been gashed uh, by the run a couple of times they gave up over 200 yards rushing both against that team from wisconsin and the giants Uh, so uh, the vikings really haven't had like a big huge rushing day dalvin cook or that team yet uh, this feels like a week where they could really get 
a, a big rushing day and he'll have a big game. And if the Vikings are running well consistently, they're going to have that balance on offense that all offenses like. They're going to be keeping Kirk Cousins out of those third and long situations that we have struggled to convert so far this season. So those would be all good things. Uh, and I think the the, the other thing that uh, I noticed in the Giants game was that the Giants, when the Bears could not stop Saquon Barkley from right. getting, you know, big r- runs, they they dialed up that this play over and over and over. They'd either hand it off to Barkley, but went but uh, to the right, but then they used either the, they tried the zone right play where they'd fake the handoff to Barkley. They'd have the offensive linemen all pushing to the right. The Bears defense bit hard on that almost every time. And then Joe, Daniel Jones would bootleg, turn to his left, and he had like a wide open left side of the field. He, so he either ran for a first down or he threw to a wide open tight end or wide receiver for a first down. And it worked almost every time in that game. Mm-hmm. I got So you got to feel... I know, I know the Bears are, have looked at that tape and say we can't let that happen again. But you got to feel that, that Kevin O'Connell is going to try to do that same sort of sort of deal uh, in this game. Kirk Cousins, of course, isn't the threat to run that Daniel Jones is, but we yeah. also have better offensive weapons than yeah. But than he could he, he could push the offense all to one yes. side, yeah. and then come around and thump and KJ Osborne, Adam Thielen, yeah, whomever. You know, Irv Smith Jr., boom, there you go. Touchdown, Vikings. That's what we expect. Uh, Atour Bears have refused to recognize that NFC North history between teams doesn't allow for mediocre quarterbacks. You are 100% correct, my friend. 100%. Yeah, but good one by Arthur. And so you know, we'll see if the Vikings can have effect, be effective on those kind of bootleg, get the Bears to bite on Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison on a, on a wide zone run play uh, or not. Uh, but um, the other the other thing to kind of uh, also to about this game is that uh, the Bears have, at least in three of their four games, they have been able to like bring the other team down to their level and play like a, make the game very ugly. And I feel that uh, I think the first half, uh, if we're expecting like it'd be great if the Vikings come out and like blow them out of the water in the first quarter, get to a 14, 17 point lead and it's over before we even get to halftime. But I think the first half is going to be a bit of a struggle. It'll be that kind of ugly game. And gradually as we get into the third and fourth quarter, that's when the Vikings will uh, take control of the game and get that 10 point comfortable victory we've been looking at we've been looking for for the past that we haven't got the past previous three games so Mm -hmm. i kind of feel like the first half will be a bit clunky we might be like how come they're not blowing the bears out of the water but we'll gain control with our better talent later you know in the third and quarter and and early in the fourth quarter to make the game the win get a victory and make it a you know a fairly comfortable victory yes 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 but it may not happen right off the bat. That's uh, it'd be great if it does, but we might have like a first quarter where it's like three three or six three bears, and we're all oh, kind of like, I "What the hell's not. going on?" Hey, I hope not to. Like I said, like I have posted up here, we're playing at U.S. Bank Stadium. This is a home game tomorrow. The fans should be absolutely rocking. It's gorgeous weather. Go out there and just you know make it miserable for the Bears. 
For sure. And uh, we'll see. Uh, yes. I want to see somebody. I want to see the Vikings put them away tomorrow. I would love to see a stopping. Get that offensive firing on all cylinders. Get up multiple touchdowns. And then everybody enjoying their whiskey or beer or whatever. And then, of course, joining us in the final two minutes for the final score. And we'll talk about it. But let's see that tomorrow. GMAC, you're calling it, right? They're going to put them away tomorrow. I'm going to quote you tomorrow on the final score. Anyways, that's it for today. So what are your Thanksgiving plans now that you're down there with your in-laws? What do you guys do up there in Canada for Thanksgiving? Well, today we're having a turkey dinner, even though Thanksgiving Day is on Monday. Monday. Uh, but uh, but uh, we're having a turkey dinner today with uh, my wife's siblings. And oh. tomorrow we're having a bigger turkey and all kinds of other type of uh, meat Stop. meat yeah. products at a, at, a, at a bigger family dinner on Sunday. And Woo-hoo. then Monday, Monday uh, the family's in the car for the 11-hour drive back to Yellowknife. <laughs> so, okay. well, hey, it sounds great. Feasting, giving Thanksgiving for what you, we've all had, the great eats. Uh, even though turkey may put you to sleep, but uh, all those other eats are just spectacular. I think it's great. Uh, I wish you and your family Thanks, Mary. all over the days, the next few days, the greatest of uh, Thanksgivings for you guys up there in Canada. We, we of course, have ours in November. And uh, that, that's awesome. But tomorrow, we got a game. Our normal time, noon central, Kirk's prime time to play football. He's always good. Caribou. Uh, I don't know if you're eating caribou. You may be eating some other wild game, but I don't know about caribou there. But No caribou. Sorry. It's good coffee, though. Mm-hmm. How those, you know, reindeer types make coffee, I have never known, but it's great coffee. <laughs> um, <laughs> he told you to enjoy. Always good to hear some. Thanks, guys. Hey, I want to thank everybody that's watched today. You guys are great. As always, like, subscribe, ring the bell. It helps. If you're listening on the podcast, rate us there. It helps bring uh, our voices to everyone. We're talking Vikings, whether you agree or not agree, right? Today's deal was a little bit clickbaity about what's wrong with Kirk Cousins, but hey, you can't argue his production is down. Wins are up. QB wins mean something, baby. And as GMAC says, Kirk Tober continues. Traditionally, Kirk is always great in October. We want him to be great in November, in December, in January, and especially February as well. But uh, that's, let's make it happen. Let's hope it happens. All the way from East Los Angeles. And uh, Pablo, thank you for joining us. And enjoy the rest of your great college football Saturday. What do we say, buddy? We say Skull Vikings. Happy Thanksgiving and Skull Vikings! Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, the Daily Norsemen, where the best 
Vikings content can be found. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.